0: Listening to a podcast from Light FM. It's the Light Breakfast with Asha and Terry. Good morning, morning on today's episode of A Ringgit Saved Is a Ringgit Earned. Our guest is Soraya Zanidin, personal finance blogger at Ringgit O Ringgit. Terry caught up with her to get her take and tips on saving. The first thing we, that we're going to start off with, of course, is um, finding out a little bit more about what has been referred to as personal finance life. We all have a personal life but not all of us actually think about our personal finance life. How do you define a personal finance life and why is it so important to manage this?
1: That's such a good question, Tari. I would define a personal finance life as an like an overall mindfulness of how you use money as a tool. Mm. It's about aware of your money coming in your income right and how it is going out like your spending and when is the money going in where does it go if you have a salary have you checked if your employer have contributed 12 13 percent of your salary to your epf account right when it goes out do you spend it after you settle all important expenses like rent and credit card bills Or do you treat yourself first? So Hmm. obviously, all of these things are important. And if you don't manage it yourself, literally no one else will. So that's why it's (laughs) important to manage it.
0: That's a lot to consider because it's almost our entire life in regards to money, right? Mm-hmm. So, are there more important aspects of our personal finance life that we should pay attention to first? Is there like a, an order to things?
1: Yes, absolutely. I wrote a book called burgaji and Pokai, and in mm-hmm. there, I outline step by step what we should focus on first. The thing about personal finance that it overwhelms a lot of people. Like, you keep hearing about how investment is important, insurance is important, estate planning is important, saving money is important, how you spend money is important, everything also important at the end of the day that paralyzes yeah. us and at yeah we don't do anything right so in my book i actually outline and the first ultimate thing that you should do is to have something called an emergency fund an emergency fund is something that you should have as little as 1000 ringgit okay. more necessary so that if anything happens to you you don't end up taking high interest debt
0: right so that's right. the first
1: thing that everyone should strive towards
0: a minimum of a thousand ringgit emergency fund. That means just ready to go for, like it says, an emergency, whatever that may be. Just cash ready.
1: Correct, yes, in okay. your bank account.
0: So what would be the second thing then?
1: The second thing would be to list out all of your debt. If you have them, list them out according to your the amount of high interest and then start paying them out. Right. See, what people don't realize is that with debt, especially credit card debt or personal loan, Mm -hmm. the amount that they charge is like 16%, 18%. With with a personal loan, maybe like at a minimum 7%, 8%, right? And no investment in the world that's going to give you a consistent that kind of return. So even if you invest your money, you can never outpace or outrun your debt. So tackle your high interest debt first.
0: Right. Interesting. You say tackle high interest debt first, not the biggest debt. That means it's not the amount of debt, it's the amount of interest accruing on that debt. Correct. The highest yeah. interest rate. That
1: makes sense.
0: Right, However, right. But
1: there are also some people who said that who advocate for paying off the debt with the least amount of money, mm. so that you have that small wins. For example, <laughs> if you owe your friend hundred ringgit and you owe credit card one thousand ringgit, yeah. pay off your friend first hundred ringgit, so that you feel ah you get to like think of. Right, that check mark, you feel good. Oh, from two that, I have only one that, good for me. Pat yourself in the back. But mathematically speaking, it is a better idea for you to pay off your um credit card, high interest debt first. Some people, they they even have this thing called um financial avoidance mm. where even like, do not log into their bank account because they want to avoid looking at all the things that they owe. Avoid looking at their credit card statement just to avoid looking at how much they owe. Right. So, if, Even if you know how much and to who you owe, that's good progress already.
0: So you've given us two things already to take a look at. First, when it comes to our personal finance life, the first is an emergency fund of a thousand ringgit. The second is our debt that has the highest interest. What would be a third thing?
1: The third thing would Mm. be to now that you after you finish all your high interest debt and also you have like emergency fund of at least one thousand ringgit, it's time to make that have a bigger emergency fund now okay. it's the time for you to start try to make it now at least 3 months of expenses mm. better if you have like 6 months or more and I, I realise that's a big amount for some people mm. But the more that you have, the less something called financial anxiety that you have. What happens with a lot of people is that when they don't have an, a source of emergency fund, again, like it forces them to make decisions that are not necessarily good for them. For example, right. if you don't have enough money to purchase something in bulk, for example, rice lah easy example right yeah, yeah. buy rice in bulk would be i don't know how much is a is a 10 kilo bag of rice let's say 30 ringgit right if they don't have 30 ringgit and mm. can only manage to buy like one kilo worth at a time mm. then you can't buy in bulk and this yeah. applies the rice example is just one of it but it this applies in so many things in life right. with insurance payment for example if you pay annually oftentimes it is cheaper than paying per month right? So right. buying things in bulk helps to save money for
0: you. Right. So being able to afford things in bulk makes a big difference because in the long run, you're saving money. Absolutely. This next question for you, Soraya, is something that you should be quite familiar with because having a, a, an awesome blog, or ring it and also that book of yours, Bhagaji Dan Pokkai. <laughs> Tell us about, based on your experience so far, what are some of the biggest obstacles people seem to face when it comes to saving money?
1: Right. First and foremost story is that the biggest obstacle people face when it comes to saving money is the simple fact that many Malaysians are underpaid. If you earn less than living wage, then all your money goes towards necessities. Hmm. How is it even possible to say? I think we need to acknowledge that it is a systemic issue. And for those of you who hear the term living wage like for the first time, I will take some time to explain it lah. There's okay. minimum wage which all of you know is now 1500 ringgit a month but living wage is the amount needed for someone to achieve a reasonable standard of living mm-hmm. minimum wage is enough for maybe work sleep repeat that's it survival
0: survival, survival is the survival. minimum wage yeah all
1: right living wage it includes a modest budget for social mm-hmm. activities entertainment the things that makes you human the things that make life worth living so you yeah. need we're looking at living wage, not minimum wage. And unfortunately, many Malaysians are underpaid.
0: So, once we've acknowledged this, that, like you said, it's systemic, right? So, that's one of the main issues. But that one, when it comes to uh, individuals, it's a little beyond our control. So, having acknowledged that, what other uh, common issues or obstacles do you find individuals facing?
1: Okay, I would say that some obstacles that people face is they think that saving money is when they earn more. And I think this is a common misconception that I need to earn a little bit more in order for people to be able to save money. Um, and it is true. Like I said, how can you save money when you are just earning enough for necessities? Right. However, I want to point out that this isn't the only reason why people can't save money. I remember when I was taking a financial planning course and my lecturer said that many of these clients earn a lot like six figures seven figures annually right Right. but they still manage to live practically paycheck to paycheck some of them even have huge debt so the amount that you earn it doesn't necessarily correlate with good financial management your income alone isn't the only thing that prevents people from saving money Mm. there are many things and i agree that the bigger issue of systemic inequality have to be face you have to face that head on however there are things that in your personal capacity that you can do um, i have outlined that in my book like the exact ways to do it i don't think we have time to go through everything now
0: get the book get the book (laughs) okay (laughs) so much
1: Um, however what i like to repeat in the book is that it is okay to suffer temporarily so that you don't suffer your whole life right? right if you have to make small sacrifices now it is worth it so that you don't sacrifice financial, so you don't like, you suffer financially throughout your whole life. That is the essence of in your personal capacity. That is what you can do. Um, I also talked about how, you know, sometimes you're absolutely right. Like our desires, we have desires, right? We want, mm. at the very least, like we want a phone, we want a laptop.
0: And we don't um, just want a phone and you don't just want the laptop. We want the best phone and the best laptop. <laughs> right.
1: And sometimes this comes from, this is how capitalism and consumerism culture, they make you want to spend more. Like that desire didn't just come out of nowhere. It comes out of somewhere. And mm-hmm. again, like in my whole, you know, like personal finance um, education line, I've talked about how marketing and advertising is literally like billion dollar industry. Right. Your desire is the exact result of those advertising and marketing.
0: Mm,
1: it mm, comes from somewhere why you want certain things. So it's not about like, you can't, the only way to avoid this is to live like completely in isolation. (laughs) Uh, And none of us wants that, but it's enough that (laughs) we acknowledge, hey, this desire is because of this ad, that ad, that influencer promoting, that you're all saying about it, your peers showing it to you. Just acknowledge it. That's the mindfulness that I was talking about.
0: What are the other things that you think are Perhaps common misconceptions when it comes to saving and budgeting, things that people get wrong.
1: All right. Some of the common misconceptions when it comes to saving and budgeting is that you need to do it. Perfectly. Uh, It's very common for people to share with me, like my audience, right? They they share with me that um, Suraya, I have this expense tracking tool. I realized that, you know, tracking your expenses is important. Mm. I started to track my expenses. Mm. However, I fell off the wagon. And Mm. I believe that everyone out there, everyone listening to this have at some point tried your best to save and to budget, correct or not? Mm. Like you Mm. have tried. But because of life, because of maybe other things that happen along the way, like life gets in the way and you sort of, okay, other things are more fun. I'm going to dedicate time and energy towards that and then you forget and then you remember again, ah, oh, alamak, my tracking now, the data is not complete. I'm not going to continue anymore. Right. And that cycle sort of continues. But what I'm trying to say is that it is enough for you to even do it imperfectly. Everyone mm. starts out imperfect. You don't have to have like a whole like data ledger tracking every single step. <laughs> It's enough that you know that the roundabout figure. Ah, in a month, I spend more or less. Let's say five hundred ringgit on groceries. That's enough that you know, and you know I know that I'm spending eight hundred ringgit on rent. Minus this, calculate this. Is my salary enough? If it's not enough, which part of my expenses are not recorded yet, Mm. and which part are maybe I'm under recording? Mm. So again. that awareness it doesn't have to be perfect
0: just like uh physical fitness mm, its financial it's, yeah. fitness is similar like if we if we lose our way we can always find our way back to it we if you if you forget to exercise one day, you can always make up for it the next day by, you know, jumping back onto the schedule they are at and just like that financial health is the same. If you make a mistake, that doesn't mean it's a mistake forever. Don't just keep just don't keep making the same mistake, right? Learn learn from it and keep moving on. Yeah. Zeroing in now on vehicles and products for saving money. Are things like fixed deposits still relevant? In 2023, especially when interest rates are comparatively small?
1: Right. There are two parts to that question. Mm. The number one is, are fixed deposits still relevant in 2023? Mm. And the second part is, is small interest or small profit worth it? Mm. And I'll answer that one by one. Mm. Uh, but maybe just a quick one for those of you who don't know, how fixed deposit works is that you give a sum of money to the bank and the bank will lock, quote-unquote, lock this money for maybe one month, three months, um, you know, six months, all the way up to five years. Okay, And in return, upon maturity, at the end of the term, you will get your money back plus a little bit more. And usually fixed deposit, the rates, it varies depending on the banks and the promotion and things like that. Right. But usually around the 2-3% range, yeah. right? So like you said, is it worth it if the interest or the profit is worth it? Right. So I would say that personally, I think that fixed deposit is great. But you can also use something else called cash management accounts. I personally think it's a better alternative to fixed deposit because cash management accounts, they don't lock your money, right? You can still use it if you need to access it. And there's a few options right now. There's Tachingo Go Plus, there's Safe, mm. there's Versa Asia, there's Tashiway Simple. How it works is it's like fixed deposit, but there's no lock-in and the profit is calculated daily. So, like six months in, let's say, if you want to take the money out, you get the six months worth of profits. Right. right? And because you have FinTech, they are so easy to just open an account, just download the app, no need to go to bank. It's just a very simple way and many people can do it nowadays with the assistance of technology. Mm. Now, the second part of the question is 2 3% interest or profit is worth it. I will just say this <laughs> Yeah. Everyone thinks they are a great investor in the bull market when everything <laughs> also go up. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> thinks they're great, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it is during the bear market or when mm. market go down, The only investments that have positive return on investments will be your fixed deposit, will be your cash management account, Mm. will be your EPF, will be your tabung haji, will be Mm. your AAB, will be your ASM. Everything else, during the bear market, everything else, my investment, my unit trust, my ETF, my crypto, my stocks, all fell by double digits.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh no, so yeah, I am yeah.
1: Thankful. And this is normal. Like right? mm. things go down is normal in a yeah, in yeah. a healthy market. Mm. I'm thankful that we have instruments like fixed deposits mm. and all these other things to rely on. So right. yes, it is worth it and worth knowing in a healthy investment deficit right. of an investment portfolio.
0: In the event, let's say we came one a person somehow had a windfall of a hundred thousand ringgit. Uh, maybe it was uh Through the death in a family or an insurance or something like that, what would you suggest that person do with the one hundred thousand ringgit that would be low risk but as high returns as possible?
1: Right, I think an article about this. Uh, I wrote an article inside ringgit or ringgit. What to do with windfall money? Right. Like, if you google ringgit or ringgit 1 million
0: You yeah. will
1: see Like a step by step Comprehensive guidance On what to do And I'm sorry To keep bringing up But you know Like it's comprehensive And I suggest If anyone out here Who is listening Who do have windfall money Please check it out But the first thing That you mm. should do If you get windfall money Number one thing Don't tell anyone <laughs> 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 right, don't tell anyone not just verbally. Okay. don't tell everyone like oh I got 1 million it. I got 100,000 ringgit don't do that right mm. I also mean don't upload Instagram posts of you shopping
0: oh. just keep
1: it to yourself first right? right because why you have no idea how fast people will approach you ask to borrow money lah, ask to belanja lah, mm. help to help find a business lah. and mm-hmm. not to mention scammers lah. everyone is very confident they will never fall for scammers Okay. But you forget that nowadays, scammers are professional and organized entities. If they want to target you, they will be successful. Mm. One time I watched a documentary, they practically say is that you can scam anyone, it's just a matter of using the right script. Right. Okay. So being like scared of them is actually like good. Just maintain your your security, maintain yeah. your just you know, don't,
0: a little like, bit of paranoia like, is good.
1: A, little, a healthy amount yeah. uh, is good yeah. I will go back to the original question so how do you invest 100k in a way that is low risk but maximizes return in general for if you're Bumi put in ASB
0: okay.
1: if you're Muslim put in Tabung Haji for everyone else if you can get ASM Amana Saham Malaysia put in there if there's no more allocation for ESM you can also put in the cash management account that i mentioned just now or fixed deposit 2 3% is good enough right. this is as low risk as it gets right, right? right this is what is available for most people but when you say many people right when they have like a huge sum of money you will think of like how can i maximize this return you will start to explore other investments right. suddenly things that you were not available to you, suddenly it's like, ah, I got money now. Now I can invest it so that the money can grow faster. Yeah. This is very normal because I also did it. Okay. Now <laughs> yeah. you want to explore stocks lah. you want to explore property la or unit trust la. Everything also want to explore. Okay. And then you know the word invest itself. Is mm. very commonly used in other contexts. Like you have heard, invest in your education. Mm. Invest in business. Salespeople are also very clever. They also use it for things like accessories, like cars, right? Invest in this car, invest yeah. in the watch, invest in the bag, things
0: like You're that. That's so, so right. You're so <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah.
1: We don't have time to to go into all of that, like which one is best. Mm. Um, And again, please read my book, Berkaji and Pokai, because I put, I included a good investment strategy that for many people, you can start off with that. But it is enough for me to say that the common advice is don't invest in anything that you don't understand. Mm. My approach is go explore anything that you want, because if you don't learn, you won't know, right? Go explore anything that you want, but limit it to maximum 5% of your money. So if you have 100K, then 5% maximum is 5K. That 5K is the maximum you want to play around with. Mm. You want to play around with whatever that you want. You want to play around with Forex, go for it. Mm. That means if the investment is legit, you'll make some profit But if not, the most that you will lose is 5K, not more than Mm. that. You don't lose 100K, all 100K. I would also add on to that, if possible, set aside, you get, if you have pinfall money, if you have like 100K, 1 million, set aside some money for financial planner. They will help you a lot in how to manage it. When you see a financial planner and do all the calculation, you will Mm. realize that actually that amount is actually not that much in the overall scheme of things. You have seen the statistics. EPF also say that for people who have gotten their EPF after they retire, that's considered mm. a more or less that like windfall money as well. Yeah, they actually finish the EPF money within five years of retirement. A lot of people yeah. finish the money within five years of retirement. Right. That's you know a bit unfortunate considering that people have retired by that point. So, again, if you have windfall money, go straight to financial planner, but again. Don't flesh it out lah. That's the first <laughs> thing.
0: What are your hard and fast rules to help people get started on better money management?
1: When it comes to hard and fast rules to help people get started on better money manage management, mm. I believe that most people have an idea of how and where to start. Look for budgeting tools, look for online calculators, earn more, spend less, you know, look for budget templates. And there's so many tools out there. All of mm. that is already available Most people know how to Google Uh, in Ringgit or Ringgit website. You can even get a free budgeting template. And the problem is that there's not enough tools. The problem is actually many people underestimate the paralyzing effect of financial anxiety. Okay. It's not about the availability of tools. It's always been there. It's not about the availability of financial information. Hmm. You know how to Google and it's in the media a lot. It's even online FM right now. Yes. Yes. Financial anxiety, it's the feeling when you feel paralyzed, you don't know where to start.
0: Overwhelmed by all of it, yeah.
1: Again, manage- money management is actually so easy in theory, like earn more than you spend, spend less than you earn. But all the tips in the world cannot help you if you're anxious and if you're avoiding your financial situation. So I think that it's super easy for someone to they distract themselves rather than they do all the tasks that they know they need to do in order to solve their problems. Mm. So I would say that the hard and fast rule here to acknowledge that perhaps are you avoiding all these tasks and why and it's completely okay to admit that oh I'm scared to realize how big of a debt that I'm in mm. okay I think that yeah. realization must come first before you look for all these tools out there mm. and the first thing that I would actually tell people if you want to get started on better money management is to read the book Unfortunately, with money management one line is doesn't do it justice okay you need to see like sort of an overview of the whole picture first, and then you realize, ah, that's the reason why you need to do A, B, C in that order. Because mm. if you ask other people, they will say, oh, you need to invest first. or oh, you need to get insurance first. or oh, you need to buy a property first. or oh, you need to buy a car first. You wouldn't know which one to do. So try and get a book first, did it first, and then you have a better overall understanding mm. and that will actually make you better with money management.
0: With all this great advice that we've gotten from Saraya today, Saraya, where can we go to find out more about your great nuggets of knowledge and further advice that you have? I know there's two places that they can definitely go to, right? One of it would be your blog, which is um, ringitoringit.com.
1: All right, yes. Another one will be my book, Bergaji dan Pokai, which you can get on <laughs> all major bookstores around Malaysia, And I think that it's a good beginner starting book for people, starting their money management for the first time. And thank you, Terry, for summarizing all of the information in an easy-to-understand way. I get very overexcited. I'm passionate about personal (laughs) finance. And I hope that people can see by taking action, it's so much fun. There's so much mm. things to explore. It doesn't have to be this big like uh, budget. It'll be more like a EA budget.
0: <laughs> and that feeling of being in control of our finances can make a person feel like they're in control of their life. At the same time And that is a really good feeling to have But everything starts somewhere Which is why you said We got to find out Where we're at at that point We appreciate you so much For joining us today, Soraya And uh, we look forward to Probably speaking to you again Sometime in the future
1: Thank you so much for having me Have a good one, everyone
0: Thank you so much, Soraya If you fancy listening to that again Or even sharing it with someone You can find our conversation Or Terry's conversation (laughs) On A Ring It Saved (laughs) Is A Ring It Earned With Soraya Zanidin, Personal finance. Finance blog at Ringgit O oh, Ringgit on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S Y O K.